it's uh, such a joy uh, to be with you this morning, uh, to be able to stand before you and uh, share the Word of God. If you have your Bible, uh, please open it to uh, Psalm 46 is where we'll be uh, this morning. I do want to say thank you uh, to uh, Dr. Patterson for extending the invitation uh, for me to be able to come and uh, speak this morning, uh, as well as uh, Dr. Kyle Walker uh, for being hospitable and uh, hosting me and uh, getting me here. And uh, if you want to know anything about uh, Dr. Walker, uh, I knew him before he was Dr. Kyle Walker. And, uh, and so we've got plenty of stories to tell, uh, long road trips to convention. And, uh, and so I'll be more than glad to share those. Just see me after uh, this time. Uh, there's one in particular that you should ask me about uh, when we were in Phoenix, Arizona, and a guy pulled out in front of him. But I will, I'll save that for when we are together personally. Uh, he kept his sanctification level high, but you could tell he was a little uh, strug struggling a little bit with the uh, events. And, uh, and so, but uh, this, uh, this uh, seminary, this place uh, continues to be very special. Um, every time I have the opportunity to be here, um, to be able to see uh, the students studying in the library, uh, to walk on this campus, uh, it just reminds me of just the role that uh, the, the faculty uh, and the students played in my life here. And uh, it's a very special place, and so it's an honor uh, to be back and to be uh, with you today. And today, my, my assignment is very simple. Um, it's to come and to uh, encourage you. And uh, this psalm, this psalm, Psalm 46, is probably most noted uh, for uh, Martin Luther uh, using this psalm uh, to write the wonderful song that we sing, uh, um, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And so the title of today's message is, Our God Still is a Mighty Fortress. Because one of the things that I know is that during your time uh, as students, and once you graduate and you go out into the respective ministries that God has for you, or whether you are in ministry while you study, uh, you will find that there will be difficulties and challenges along the way. And I find that it's very important to remember that our God is still a mighty fortress. Uh, you see, there are many things that um, will come your way uh, that will cause you maybe to, to be discouraged or uh, to have a, a tough time. I was sharing earlier that I remember when I moved here, um, as Kyle said, my first job was uh, in the missions office as an ambassador. And when I moved down here, I thought I was going to work at a manufacturing plant. And I called the, the, uh, the plant to say, hey, I'm in Texas now. Move from the God's promised land, northeast Arkansas, Jonesboro. And... Um, and he said, hey, we don't have any jobs for you. And I'm looking at my wife, and I don't have a job, and we have to decide what's going to happen to us. And I can just remember that the Lord really used that time to uh, strengthen my faith in him. And uh, coming through orientation, the director at that time, he looked at me, and he said, when you get finished, will you come to my office? And I was thinking, oh, Lord, did I forget something? Did they, did they find something in my record? That I, you know, I know I was a lost man for 20 years, you know, so... Uh, and he called me into his office, and he just, he said, you know, I want to I offer you a job. And uh, he said, no, no, you, you might want to pray about me. Look, I know I already prayed. I'm here to say thank you, and when do I stop? <laughs> and so I uh, started, and the Lord has continued to use that experience in my life. And so I pray that today you'll be encouraged as we work our way through uh, the Word of God. You see, one of the things that I know uh, that we will be uh, challenged with is fear, and uh, growing up, um, I was deathly afraid of dogs. It didn't matter, big, small, I was scared of them all, okay? And, uh, and you know, if you have dogs, anyone in here have a dog? Uh, you know, I know our beloved president has a, a dog, you know. 
and everybody knows that. And so if you have a dog, you always tell people when they come into your home, um, you know, don't, don't be afraid. And you know what comes after that? It won't bite, right? And so in my mind, I'm afraid. I'm thinking it won't bite you, okay? That's your dog, okay? I, st- I see those teeth are given by design for a purpose. It doesn't have any trouble biting his food, so why would it have any trouble biting me? And so growing up, I was deathly afraid. And so my dad, we would go fishing, and we would go everywhere we would go pretty much fishing. They would have dogs there. And I remember as soon as I would get out of the truck, I would make a beeline, and I would run, and I would jump up into his arms. And, and what I knew was even though the threat did not leave, I was safe and secure in my father's arms. And so what I want to encourage us with this morning is that no matter what you face in your time here as a student, in your time in the ministry, I want you to recognize that everything that comes to our life is father filtered. That we can recognize and we can run and we can always come to be into his arms. And we can see him work and move in a great way. You see... God, in his grace, he allows us to go through difficulties. But the beautiful thing is, is that he's with us in the midst of each and every one of them. I hope you've had an opportunity to find Psalm 46. Our passage here being a psalm, it, it, it lays out in a very poetic way. And this psalm in particular, you can find uh, the roots for its origin uh, in the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, you can find it in three places. You can find it in 2 Kings uh, chapters 18, 19, and 20. You can find it in 2 Chronicles chapter 32. And you can find it in Isaiah, Isaiah 36 and 37. And at this particular time in Israel's history, uh, where the Assyrians uh, are wanting to take over the city, the Assyrians are trying to come in, and you have uh, King Hezekiah uh, wanting to do something about that. This is the backdrop in which we have this particular uh, psalm coming out of. And you know, if you know the story, you read how the Lord handled business, you see. They wanted to come, and they wanted to do harm to God's people. And so Hezekiah, he does what any godly person should do. He tells his daddy about the situation. And so he tells God about it, and God gives him instruction. And we see that God, not only does he protect the city, but he decimates the army. The Bible tells us that there were some 185,000 soldiers that the angel of the Lord slew where they didn't even have to lift a sword to be able to take care of things. And so that's the backdrop of this psalm. And so as we read through it, as we work through it together, allow that to seep into your soul. The first thing I want us to see is that God is our refuge and strength. That God is our refuge and strength. In verse 1, 2, and 3, it says this, God, our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change and Though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake and its swelling pride. You see what he's getting at here, the psalmist here is reminding us that God is our refuge. He's the one that is our shelter, a, a shelter from danger. You see, when God's people are attacked, the wonderful encouragement that you and I have is that whenever uh, God's people are being attacked, so is God being attacked because he lives in us. He is inside of us. And so we have this wonderful encouragement that he is our refuge and our strength. And so because he is our refuge and our strength, verse 2 tells us, we will not fear. Uh, Adrian Rogers, one of my favorite preachers, he would look at that word fear and he would say the word fear, when you look at it, it tells you uh, about itself. A fear, spelled F-E-A-R. And he says that fear is false expectations appearing real. Fear, false 
expectations appearing real. And so whenever we think about what God has done as he moves us through ministry, we must recognize that he is a refuge and he is our strength as we seek to do things his way. Now, um, I like to think of Northeast Arkansas uh, as the promised land. You, you know, it's God's country up there, the, the natural state, right? I know some of you think in Israel, and you know, it's, it's good too. You know, God has done a lot of wonderful works there, but can I tell you, his majesty is on full display in Northeast Arkansas. But the problem with living in Northeast Arkansas is that uh, we are on a fault line. And that's not going to be good at some point in history because there's going to be a great earthquake there. But because we are on a fault line, I can remember as a, as a child going through elementary school uh, having to do earthquake drills. Anyone in here ever had to do earthquake drills because of the area you fantastic? You know what I'm talking about. You mind your own business. And that buzzer goes off and everyone in the classroom has to get down underneath the desk and they have to stay there. And we thought, this is a great time. Get me out of work, man. This is wonderful. <laughs> and so we had to go through this drill. And what God's word is laying out for us here very clearly is he's reminding us, even if the earthquakes or if it shakes, that, that our God is not changing, even when the circumstances in the world around us is shaking and changing, even though we might feel that way. And in, in our classes, they would tell us that you would want to find a place of refuge under a table. And so whenever I think about what God has called us to do is it always takes me back to a table in which our Lord, whenever we think about the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, when he's in the upper room with his disciples and he's having this conversation with them. And in the upper room, he's telling them all these promises. He's giving them these wonderful encouragement, these commands. He's telling them, hey, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, be of good courage. I've overcome the world. And so when we think about the quakes that come, not only should we be looking for refuge, but that refuge must be in a specific place and a specific person because he can uphold us. But another thing that they tell us when it comes to earthquakes that this passage is laying out for us is that if you can't find a table to get under, then you should stand in a threshold. And if you know anything about construction, you stand in the threshold that's in the doorway and you, and you brace yourself in this threshold on the top and on the sides. And so that way, when it's shaking, that's a strong part of the room, strongest part of the room there, the threshold, the way in which it's built. And when I think about that threshold, it always makes me, it takes my mind back to good old Exodus. You hear me? When the Lord said he told them to put their blood on the post and on the lintel. And what it reminds me of is that we can trust God in the, in the situations in our life because when we stand steady underneath that, knowing that the blood has covered the most, the most deepest need in our lives he has taken care of, that means no matter what stress or struggle comes our way, we can hold up underneath the pressure because of what he's done. You see... Even if the world around us is quaking and shaking, our Lord is our refuge and he's our strength. You see, this word strength here means stability. It, it, it means to have a secure place. And because our father is with us, he's with us, we can be uh, secure in him. Uh, a, a, a few weeks back, I had the opportunity to take my son. My son's two years old, and I like to say he's an honorary uh, as an elephant with one tusk. And uh, we went to, uh, you know, this real healthy um, restaurant, you know, Burger King. And, um, <laughs> and we were uh, in the play area. And uh, a family comes in. A family comes in. There were two siblings, two brothers. They, they came in together, and they were playing in the play place. And the uh, older brother uh, begins to be real rough with his younger brother and knocks him on the ground. And the younger brother begins to cry. If you got siblings in here, you know all about that. 
And my son is standing there watching all this unfold. And uh, he, he, he knows I'm in the room with him. He's watching all this unfold. And he steps back and he looks at that older brother and he points him. He says, you bad. And I'm thinking, oh, son, you about to get me into a fight in here with the parents over here standing right there. But my son knew my father's in the room, so I don't mind to call out what's happening in this situation. <laughs> he, I got my back up right here. And so when we think about the struggles and the strains and the difficulties that come in our lives, can I just tell you, the father's standing right there, and you can begin to call it what it is. You can say, you bad enemy. I know you have some plans for me. You're bad, but can I just tell you, one that's with me is stronger, and he is bad. He can take care of what is going on in my life. You see, even though the mountains quake, our God is our refuge and strength. The second thing we see in this passage is that God is our supply. He is our supply. I want you to notice with me in the second movement, uh, verses 4 through 7, it says this, There is a river whose stream, whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her. God will help her with morn's dawn. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. You see, in the second movement, we can see that we can have a trust. We can have a trust in God that he is still a mighty fortress, not only because he is our refuge and strength, but can I just tell you, he is the source of every spiritual blessing, every spiritual thing that we need to be able to make it through the trials that we face. Now, you might be asking me, preacher, where do you see that? Well, when you look in verse 4, it says a river. But if you know uh, your geography, you know that Jerusalem, Jerusalem was not built on a river. One, of the, uh, one of, of, of the cities in antiquity, most cities in antiquity are built on a river. They're built on a water source. But you know that Jerusalem was not. And so you know what uh, Brother uh, King Hezekiah had to do? Uh, he took uh, from, the, uh, from the valleys and he made a trench through a seal well to be able to run the water into the city. And so what he's showing here, he's saying, listen, God, you are the one that is our provider. You are the one that he's pointing us to, a spiritual reality that God is the one that is our source, that the river, it is, speaks of God's protective presence in our life. He says it very clearly that his presence, this, this river, this, his presence is within the city. It, it is there uh, to, to guide, to protect, uh, to, to be able to be in her midst, to move her. And when we think about the role of the Spirit of God in the life of the believer, I always go back to John 4 whenever Jesus Christ is sitting at a well, at Jacob's well here, and, he is t and he's telling this woman that, listen, living water is what I give. You see, when we think about the role that the Spirit of God plays in our life, no matter what we go through, his presence inside of us, his presence inside of us to guide us, to direct us, and to lead us. And I, I just put it down this way, that the Spirit of God in us allows us to be able to have a fellowship with God that is so intimate to know that he is going to guide and to direct our lives as we by faith trust him, walking with him each step of the way to not be moved in the midst of the quaking that we face that we have security, that we have freedom and fellowship in him. You see, when the spirit of God is in us, we have all the power we need. Uh, the other uh, day I was with my daughter and, um, you know, kids nowadays, uh, they amaze me. 
Um, she knows more about an Apple uh, iPhone than she does even a regular Apple because whenever we uh, feed her apples, they come from the store already peeled. You know what I'm saying? They, they don't get to see the seed, any of those things. And so we actually had an apple uh, on the counter, and I cut it open, and she saw the seed come out, and she said, Dad, what's that? And I said, well, it's, a, it's, the, it's the seed. It's the apple seed. And she said, what's inside of it? And I thought, why we got all these questions here? You know what I mean? Like, why we got all these questions? And I told her, I said, what's inside of it is an apple tree, baby. An apple tree is in that seed. And so she looked at me. She said, out of this little thing, an apple tree comes. I said, yes, baby, out of this little thing, an apple tree comes. And when I think about the role of the Spirit of God in our lives as the Spirit of God is inside of us, we have, have this, this great hope that inside of us that the Spirit of God has everything that we need to grow strong to be fruitful and produce even in hostility and difficulty as long as that seed is willing to go into the soil, into the flesh of a heart and begin to germinate and to produce. You see, God is in the midst of her. This city, Jerusalem, he's talking about God is in the midst of her. That is what is sustaining her, just like God is in the midst of us, sustaining us, guiding and directing us. You, you see, what I remember is this, that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says that power is going to come upon you. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, power simultaneously comes upon you to be able to recognize that God is moving us into a relationship with himself in which now we can have a vital spiritual connection to be able to give us the strength to go through the adversities and the struggles that we face. You see, he says it this way in verse 6, the nations made an uproar. Meaning the Assyrians, they came out and they were camped outside the city and they just thought, hey, we're going to take over. Oh, but the Lord of hosts, and I love this title, the Lord of hosts, meaning the Lord, that's the captain of the angels, the Lord of hosts is with us, meaning we have the help. Not only is our God with us, but he is capable. You know, the other day I was uh, thinking about my son and us being that Burger King, and I thought, you know, it would have been a bad thing. What would you have done, Jamar, if that son, if that, if that uh, young man's daddy would have jumped up and been 6'8", 220, what would you have done? I would have said, the Lord of hosts is with me. <laughs> but understanding that it's not just enough to know that God is with you, but to know that he's able to do far more beyond all we ask and think. The last thing I want us to see before we close in time of prayer is that God in his great love, not only is he our refuge and our strength, not only does he give us the spiritual vitality that we need to live, but God in his revelation he is our guide. He is the one that shows us of his past works and how he will work in the future. Look with me in verse 8. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who is wrought desolation in the earth. He makes wars to cease. To the end of the earth, he breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. You see, this morning recognize 
that the revelation God is calling us to recognize what he has done in the past. And he's saying, look around. I can just see the scene move here as he's reminding Hezekiah. You look out there and you see this angel who has gone and decimated. You see their spears broken. You see the, the, the threats that they have for you. They are not coming. Look out and see what I have done. Look at my faithfulness in the past. Look at my faithfulness and trust what I will do. What I love about God here is like my dad used to say. He says, I can show you better than I can tell you. He said, come, come and see. I can show you better than I can tell you. And as soon as the Assyrians thought they uh, knew the answer, he changed the question. And what I find is, is in our lives, if we are willing to trust God, to recognize that he is the one who is supplying us with a revelation of himself, a relationship with himself, where we can now look back at what he has done to know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he will move us forward and guide us and direct us as we go through difficulties. Our God, our God is the most high. He is the Lord of hosts. You see... He calls us to behold, to recognize that he has taken care of the difficulties that we face. On the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ took care of the greatest need of any human being. And if we can trust him by faith to take care of the greatest need that we have, might we be able to trust him with any need that comes in between now and our time with him in glory? You see, when he says that I am in verse 10, he says, cease from striving. And I love this because it means to take your hands off. Take your hands off. All the time I'm, I'm telling my son, son, take your hands off. Move, get out of the way. Let me fix it, son. But he always wants to be involved in this. He's saying, cease from striving. Take your hands off because I am. I am the bread of life. Jesus Christ stepping out of heaven, coming down so that we might be able to have a relationship with him, the source of life. Jesus Christ saying, I am the light of the world, being able to light up the way so we will always be in the know with our father. Jesus saying, I am the gate, meaning he has opened up the gate, the way for the kingdom. Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. And when he is the good shepherd, he takes care of his sheep. He's saying, I am the resurrection and the life. I have a, a power within me that goes beyond the life that you live now to the life that is in eternity. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ giving up his life so that we might be able to have life and thus begin to be used by him because he is the vine. He is the source of everything we will ever need, want, or desire. This morning, let me encourage you, brothers and sisters, that our God still is a mighty fortress. And we can trust him by faith. We can walk with him to know that he is going to guide us, to direct us, that he is a refuge and strength, that he is calling us to have the trust in him to give us everything we need spiritually as we trust him, his word, by faith. And he has revealed himself to be mighty and strong. Will you pray with me this morning? Lord, we love you. And the reason why we can say that is because you first loved us. And God, as we have had an opportunity to look into your word, Lord, as your children, we can trust you. And God, all across this room, Lord, I know there are students that are brand new. This is their first semester. Students that are in the middle of their training. Lord, there are students that are coming close to the end. And Lord, they are all going through different things. But Lord, I know that you are faithful. And God, I pray that you will encourage them today, that, Lord, they would recognize, Lord, that they don't have to fear false expectations appearing real. 
that God, you have laid down your life so we might be able to have a relationship with you and we should look at and behold your works to know, Lord, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that, God, your desire is to have living water flow from us. That, Lord, you're going to give us what we need to be able to do what you called us to do as we follow you. Lord, I pray for those who are discouraged today. Maybe a church has not called them or, Lord, maybe they were on, on a committee to, to, to be interviewed for a position and didn't get it. Lord, I pray that they would trust your sovereignty and your timing, Lord. Lord, I pray for uh, the faculty. Lord, their, their role here is so important. And, God, I pray you would encourage them today for them to know that, Lord, they are shaping eternities by shaping the young hearts and minds that are before them each and every day. That, Lord, you'd give them wisdom. You'd give them heavenly guidance and direction. Lord, you give them help and encouragement. And, Lord, in the moments and the times in which they wrestle, Lord, that they would know that you are refuge and strength. Lord, that they would come to you. Lord, that we would come to you, Lord, not to hide, but, Lord, for help so that you can deploy us right back out into this world that so desperately needs to know you. God, I pray that you will give us strength to stand up underneath, Lord, the threshold, recognizing, Lord, that your blood is sufficient. It gives us the power to be able to stand, Lord. And that ultimately, Lord, your name will be made great and your glory will shine. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.